Wicked Grounds. Recorded live at Wicked Grounds Cafe, San Francisco. Good evening or good day and welcome to the Wicked Grounds podcast. This is our third episode, the first part. Uh, this is your host, Psycho Kitty, bring, talking to you live from the back, back end of Wicked Grounds Cafe <laughs> with... This is Rue here. Nice to talk to you again. And joining us today is some of my long-term, long-term friends here in San Francisco Bay Area and amazing kinksters that do so many things. People think they're cloned. <laughs> I am Stefanos. I'm Shay. Talk louder. Excited to be here. Stefano says I need to talk louder. Yeah. I don't know. And for people that may be listening to us that are not familiar with you and all the wonderful things you do, give us a little bit. What? Do you, what? What? what why, do you, why are you so fabulous? <laughs> okay, okay, wait, stop. <laughs> That, that That's a loaded question I'm not answering. Um, what is it I do in San Francisco? And well, what are all the things that you do? Well, I work for kink.com. I'm the mm. producer of The Upper Floor. I am a production assistant and photographer for them as well, working mostly for the training of O. That's the stuff that most people don't see unless you have come to The Upper Floor or watched my porn. <laughs> and then uh, I'm the president of the BGG Association, which now is the proud owner of Bondage Go Go, which um, I've been the DM there um, since 2007, been working there since 2005, teach classes across the, the nation and Canada and going to Rome next year. Mm-hmm. Jealous. Yes. Um, you know, we, we, mm-hmm. I, I'm the host of Master's Den, which is a male-dominant, female-submissive celebration party at the Citadel. Uh, Shay is the co-host with Tartlet um, and I. Um, I'm a co-host of a party she'll talk about. What else do I do? Uh, I think that's the highlights. Yes. Uh, in short, I think last year it was 95 parties, 47 classes, 16 different venues, one continent, two different countries. And no sleeping. Oh. Yeah, I, oh, yeah, I forgot. I'm also the founder of, the, of, of, a, of a motorcycle club for kinky perverts um, who love motorcycles called legion of sin hmm what about you so (laughs) well unlike stefano's i don't get to be all kink all the time i do have a day job which i just came from sitting here in my scrubs uh so i'm an emergency room nurse full-time during the days and evenings it's not really limited to days despite being called a day job and other things that i do we started hosting bent which is a youth event at the citadel in 2005 and I will actually be turning that over to Jade, who will start hosting it next year, because one cannot host a youth party forever, as it turns Aww. out. There's an expiration date <laughs> on that. Shocking. I know, I know. So you need more pixie dust to keep the I, youth I do. I need, yeah, more glitter, I, I think. That's what does it. <laughs> so we host Bent. That's kind of the first thing that we started doing in San Francisco. That was started in December of 2005, and we moved here in September of 2005. So that's how quickly we jumped into doing events. We moved here on September 9th, and by September, and that evening, after unpacking our stuff, we were already volunteering at the SF Citadel on cleanup. Yes, yeah. indeed, yeah. as one does. Yeah, you because can, that's right, because you guys arrived in San Francisco a month before I did. I, I was uh, actually coming up uh, October 5th was when I landed in town. Oh, wow. I didn't know we were that close yeah. in time. That's so funny. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> and now here we are. Both of you know. Ten years almost later. Nine years. Nine years. Nine. And, you know, you guys also uh, immigrated from the Midwest. 
Yes. Where did you came from? Chicago. Yeah. Okay. You and guys you came were from Twin Cities. Twin Cities, Minneapolis, and St. Paul, Minnesota. Yep. So. Wow. Yeah. Okay. More it's a coffee. Long journey. <laughs> more, more yeah. Coffee. <laughs> So let's see, other stuff that I do, we have a bondage safety website, which is remedialropes.com, and that's something that I and Stefano's created. It's got a lot of articles about bondage safety and a lot of things that I've written on the topic because I'm really passionate about risk awareness. Education is kind of a big piece of what I do, and along with that goes some kinky myth-busting and you know, trying to get people to be conscious of what are the real risks. Because I think we talk a lot about you know, rack, risk-aware, consensual kink, and people get the consent piece, I think, for the most part, or at least we have a lot of conversation about it. But I think risk awareness is sort of assumed in a lot of cases. And it's risk awareness is a lot more complicated than I think people give it mm-hmm. credit for. They right. gloss over that piece and go to the consent piece and think that's where the action is. And I think that risk awareness is under, you know, undersold. Or, Maybe just given lip service and not yeah. actually understood. Yeah, to a lot of extent. And so that's what I try to do with remedial ropes and... That's, you know, another one of our little pet projects. Don't forget what RemedialRopes.com and us just won. Oh, and we just won a bondage award. Oh, wow. Congratulations. So bondage education for 2014, oh. which was super exciting. Talking yeah. about uh, safety we and... Have a treasure. We have a trophy and everything. <gasps> it's amazing. Yes, it is a trophy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and we're title holders. I was going to oh, make yeah. sure that didn't get glossed over. because yeah. tell, tell us a little bit about that. You know, the, the, the process. The process. And, and yeah. Well, first, what that let, means to you. We should probably start off with what title it is yes. so that we're not confused. Mm-hmm. So there's this, um, it's called the Power Exchange Contest, not to be confused for San Franciscans with the Sex Club. Or, or people in Vegas. Or people in Vegas, <laughs> uh, right. Or any other place that has used the Power Exchange. It's, uh, but we, we are the title holders for the Pacific Coast in 2014. 14. This year, And yeah. the International Power Exchange, also 2014. And that process is a lot. And Shay has some stuff to probably say more about it than I do. I mean, um, like, one of, the, one of the things when inviting you on the show is I actually did want to get a little bit more in-depth into mm-hmm. the leather contest and what that meant to you and the, what that process was. Because I'm sure there's a lot of people that know about leather titles or know a little bit about them, you know. But, you know, having you guys is a great resource to find out mm-hmm. what, what's the guts of it. Well, awesome. I, I think... I think for me, the, the big thing about it is is that, first off, um, there's leather titles, there's titles, there's education leather mm-hmm. titles, there's educa- every, There's a lot of titles. There's a lot you know, of titles. You can, you can like, make up a title and then have it become a title by yeah. accident, like, um, like happened at Dark Odyssey. I was going to say that they, the uh, little Miss Little and the little Mr. Little actually have gone through the process to try and get like recognized as a legit title. And uh, Dark Odyssey uh, Fusion, which takes place in Maryland, has one called The Dirty Pig. Um, which I, they don't want to make it a serious leather title, but I've already told them it is. It's too late. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it is because there's criteria and it's people honor it. There's like 12, 1300 people that go to that conference yeah. just to have that fun. So um, this particular title is an education title. So the requirements of it mean that you need to teach at four different venues about the power exchange that you're involved in or in general. I'm getting a note written to me. Okay. I'm going to read this note out loud. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Defeat the whole purpose of the note to pre- I know, process. right? Go. I was. I was. Anyway, <laughs> no. Anyway, so it, I need my glasses for I'm that. Trying to be subtle here. You're doing great. You're <laughs> subtle. I'm <laughs> the one like brick. But anyway, it, what it is is it's an education title. So the idea is the winner of said title, which we can get to what that process is later, is required to teach at four different venues throughout their region, or in our case, the nation right. and the world, teaching about the power exchange. 
that you have your dynamic. And how they define that is any DS dynamic, period. So whether that's owner, Well, any power exchange right, dynamic, sorry, period. Right, power exchange, forgive me. Kitty and owner, rigor and rope bunny, dominant, submissive, master, mm -hmm. slave, rock star and handler. Um, <laughs> you name Daddy, it, it's little boy. Anything. It's out there. So if you can conceive of it, and Leather families actually, triads are uh, as well, so it's not just couples. Mm -hmm. um, only three people can represent a leather family because they just have to, you know, you have to like draw the line somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. keep things under control. You and your 20 people need to be represented by three of you. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, and that's totally fine. I, I was trying to think, I had something else to add to that, but it just silly. Just, I think where I was going with it was to say that the process of getting through the title in itself is that you are explaining and demonstrating and presenting about your dynamic. So I can hear already some people going, well, if there's no set dynamic, how do you determine it? It's because it is your job to present it and show that it is there. Mm -hmm. Because no one's going to argue with you whether the title, whether your dynamic is legitimate. You're just going to present on it and tell people what it is. And at that contest, that criteria is then looked at. I mean, people definitely try to tell you that your dynamic doesn't exist. Do you have any idea? The two way. Exactly, but it, it doesn't. It's. I people, just. That's the beauty of it. Yeah, is you are who you up. are. I've had people look at me and, and say, "She is so not a submissive," <laughs> and I'm like, "But who are you to say that?" Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> my res my response is clearly you're not interacting with her correctly because <laughs> she's my submissive. Mm -hmm. You know. Well, yeah. our response to that always used to be, and I think we used to get it more than we do now. Yeah. But when people used to question the attitude that I would have towards Stefanos, he would uh, he would ask them to, you know, well, ask Shay, ask Shay why she, you know, mouths off, ask Shay why she asks, acts like that. Yep. Mm -hmm. And my answer would always be, well, that's the demeanor that Stefanos prefers. And who am I to, you know, argue with that? So. And then they just stare at me and I'd look at him and go, <laughs> next. Right. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, I, think, I think it's really rude oh, to, to explain to someone that that dynamic is not real. I so, just think that, I, yeah, I mean... I, have, trying to put something in a box, especially in our community, is just ridiculous these days. Or, like, or why? Even, or even imposing one's beliefs on somebody else's exactly, relationship. Yeah. Like, a baby wait, girl does it me, work for you guys? Are you guys happy? Yeah. Muzzle tough. Exactly. <laughs> Being a baby girl to me is way different from someone to someone else. Right. Oh, and, for sure. I mean, my, yeah. de my definition of dominant is probably different than some people's definition. I've had people yeah. inform me I'm a fluffy service top, and I've looked at them and said, okay. Thanks. Well, you get yep. you know you get twenty people in a room, twenty kinksters in a room, and ask for a defin one definition. You'll get forty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. True. Yeah. And you know part of why I think that the power exchange contests, which are a fairly new contest, so mm -hmm. we're only the third title holders for this contest. That's, I was that's ask how. That. Yeah. So that's how new it is as you know as a concept and as a contest. And part of the reason I think it's so important is that. The master-slave contests have been around since the 90s, I believe. Mm -hmm. I had looked it up, and I can't remember the exact date that they started. But I, And I think the master-slave contests are, are great. Uh, the trouble with only having you know, a master-slave contest is that I think then that becomes, in a lot of people's imagination, and because this is what you read in the literature, you know, this is what you read in all the kinky erotica, right, mm -hmm. is master-slave. 
and you have the contest and the title master slave. And if that's the only option, then people start to feel like master slave is the one true way to, mm -hmm. to do power exchange. Or they and, turn off because they're not identified yeah. in this exchange. It's right. like, well, if that's master slave, that's, you know, that's not my thing. I'm over here mm -hmm. playing dinosaur. Exactly. Yeah. But I think that a lot of people try to do master slave because mm -hmm. they are, you know, taught or this is the this is the model that they have. And this is the most prominent model still, I think, in kink in terms of how to do power exchange. Mm -hmm. And when that doesn't fit for them, then it can be this process of feeling like they failed. Like, I, yeah. I didn't do power exchange right. I can't do it because I'm not a slave. Because I, I have not gone to through the pyramid that ends mm -hmm. in master slave yeah. is the way some people perceive it. Mm -hmm. And that right. in of itself is one of the things that we struggled with even at one point. Like, you know, we talked about doing the master slave thing and yeah, that just felt wrong. And, you know, for us. Yeah, it wasn't a fit for us. And I, I think that definitely, you know, we, we thought that that was the way to do power exchange. So we tried to do it. And when it didn't work, we kind of, we stepped away from power exchange actually for a little while because we felt like, hey, yeah, I guess, I guess we don't, we can't do this, I guess. And it took us a long time to figure out that what we needed you know, was a, a different type of dynamic and just yeah. to define in a different way. And so I think in a lot of ways, you know, people think they failed at, at power exchange mm -hmm. when really the community, I think, has failed in a sense of, yeah. you know, giving people those options right. and letting them have that flexibility. Because you know, mm -hmm. one of the things, you have a lot of the community that are trying to, you know, bond together and it's like, you know, we are, we are a community. And then you can kind of, by coming together, lose some of the unique parts or the individual parts. Like you, like you were saying, you know, the master slave is one model, mm -hmm. and it's glorified and it's fine, but doesn't represent everybody. Exactly, and it's a great. You know, we don't want to undermine yeah. those contests at all. Exactly. I think that's wonderful for people who that's a fit for. Mm -hmm. But I love to see the power exchange contests kind of coming up as an alternative to yeah. also celebrate those different power exchange dynamics, so that people can feel validated, mm -hmm. even if they don't fit into the master slave mold. That like, hey, here's a contest where I can be daddy little girl. Here's yeah. a contest where I can be, you know, handle a rock star. Here's a contest <laughs> where I can be, you know, these different dynamics and. Right you know, to have that really celebrated, I think is important. I was in an MS relationship for about five years and I was working full time. And by the end, I was just, I felt I was a lot younger. So I was like, I felt like I failed my relationship because I didn't have mm -hmm. the time to really, like, I felt like I couldn't give everything I could. Right. But in the end, it's just, it just didn't fit for me. You know, I don't, I can't live with someone 24 seven. I can't, which in that box, is, which is what I thought MS was, was living right. with someone and being Well, I mean, it is, it's a strong fantasy. I mean, it was intense. Painted. It was. It was. Well, it just... You know, I actually would wish I could tell you mm -hmm. what I thought Master Slave was. Yeah. Um, but I've come to determine that... There is no, yeah. Not only do I not know, uh, when speaking to other folks in the Master Slave dynamic, there certainly is a strong community around mm -hmm. that. And even they, um, the ones I've spoke to, of course, all have their differences inside yeah. it. Which, yeah. is, which is just another prime example of how amazingly diverse we are. So yeah. exactly. I think, I, I think what, what's interesting is that even when I explored it and was mm -hmm. trying to sort of find the, the one true way, as mm -hmm. it were, I quickly discovered that... There is no there, one there, true there, way. There is no one true way. Yeah. I um, was recently having a conversation uh, with Takeshi Nagaiki from Japan. He's, uh, some people may, may, may or may not know who he is. Uh, Shibari, rope, lots of things very important and amazing man actually and we were talking about how you having a philosophy of how you come to kink mm -hmm. and 
he speaks no English and I speak no Japanese. So we had Midori as a translator and an awful <laughs> lot of hand gestures. So sadly, I will have to describe said hand gestures because it looks an awful lot like this. I told him, I said, I think when you first get into kink, you have a lot of artifice and a lot of things that you put on. Mm -hmm. But it really mostly just comes from here. And I grabbed onto my groin and he just got a big smile on his face. Because he's like, it's hard to tell when you don't have translation, but he's a huge pervert. Yeah. <laughs> okay, huge. <laughs> so he's got a big smile, and I told him that you then, it becomes part of an instinct that you're sort of eaten and you understand, mm -hmm. and then it moves into your heart, and that's when you realize some of that artifice can go away, and some of those things you thought you were looking for, those one true ways, the, the deep tradition, the, the hidden secrets of the universe that the leather external, Illuminati... External yeah. validation. Right. It, it disappears. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. it's inside you, and then once you start to intellectualize it, it really changes. Yeah. And that's not to say that there's some, you know, enlightenment pyramid it's just that's mm -hmm. my personal understanding and I think once you move through that no matter what that speed is because some people seem to think there's a speed for that like you can only do that in 10 years and I'm like mm -hmm. whatever you can do it in 10 days I don't care yeah whatever it is just however you do it mm -hmm. uh, and he just kept nodding and agreeing with me and then he finally looked over and he said to me I didn't think Americans understood that <laughs> so I thought that was fascinating so I think that's kind of a cue on some of the ways in which we all deal things um amazing but I think I, going back to some of the power exchange stuff I think that's where it comes from you know you, yeah. you you go through your one true way moment and you try to figure it out and then you realize there isn't one and then you go oh so mm -hmm. what else is out there <laughs> and we were so excited to find this contest because it became for us the way to celebrate what we are um, show the world what we are and have a good time with it and the contest itself was like any contest a lot of work and a lot of stress and you put, put yourself through it they have you do um, yeah well, tell us about the, the actual yeah. contest so we'll talk about international first, just because that's the one we went through, and then we can talk about the one that we're doing in November here at Dark Odyssey. Ooh. You want to talk? I've been talking a lot. Oh, sure. You want to? I feel so, like it's fair. Tag. Yeah, so international. You guys, do, you guys are our first tag team dual guests on yeah. the show. Oh, hold on. Wait, wait, and hold on. Tag. Okay. We're okay. passing the baton right, we here. we got to do it loudly so they can hear it. I don't There we there go. go. There we go. <laughs> So International Power Exchange was it was it was very stressful for me personally. I feel like I shouldn't say that. I feel like I should say, "Oh my god, it was so fun to run for a title." And I, it was I've had someone else who ran for a title tell me while I was in the midst of it. I looked at Lynn who had run for International Miss Leather just a few weeks before and I was in her fantasy and kind of helped her out and got a black eye in the process, but that's a whole different story. Was it a sexy black eye or it, accidental black eye? It was an accidental black eye. <laughs> if you want to see the black eye, it's on my Tumblr. Yeah. <laughs> Tumblr.com slash Maestro Stefano. It was a pretty epic black eye. It's gorgeous. So I went to International Power Exchange with this black eye. In any case, uh, they... Which they thought was makeup, and we'll tell you why that's important in the story. Yes. Later. Yeah. So I, I asked Lynn in the middle of this process, I'm like, so you, she was Miss Great Lakes Leather, which is a contest, you know, title that she had won, and then she had competed in International. I'm like, this is not, people talk about running for a title being fun. Like, this is not fun. Am I just, like, nuts, or is this really a normal thing for this to not be fun? She's like, you know, she thought about it. She's like, you know, it, it isn't fun, but it's rewarding. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I, I think that's a fair general yeah. assessment from what my experience was. It was a very, 
you're under a microscope. It's the closest mm -hmm. thing. So I love watching reality TV, right? I love watching like Project <laughs> Runway and Top Chef and those secret, kind of things. Secret things. That's my that's saying. a deep dark secret right, right there. If you watch your Twitter, Guilty you can tell you. But you definitely get into that too. Guilty mm -hmm. secrets, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, that's you have shame about interesting things when you're a kinky pervert. And, you know, anyway. So, so I think that it's the closest I can, you know, come to to, you know, the reality TV experience because you're you're under this microscope and it's crazy. It's there's I mean, seven judges and they watch you throughout the weekend. So there's four different judging components. One of them is the overall impression, which is that they're watching you throughout the weekend to see that you're living your dynamic and not just, you know, putting on a face when you're thinking someone's watching and then in the elevator you're like, you know, yelling at each other or non, you know, in yeah. not a kinky fun way. Yeah, so they're watching you all weekend. So there's overall impression. Then they also have uh, the interview portion. And then there's two stage components, which are the fantasy performance, which, which was the thing. Let's be clear. They use the word fantasy in the same way that one means express yourself. Mm. Not in the way of I want to get fucked, laid, beaten, <laughs> come all over, pissed on, stripped down and thrown in, in the mud and then cleaned up and put into a nice soft bed kind of fantasy way. They mean it in the give us a piece of your life fantasy. Right. So, right. Yeah. To, I just want to put that out there. Yeah, to kind of show an expression of your power exchange dynamic. And then you do, as the second part of the stage portion, you do an educational presentation where you tell about your power exchange dynamic. So it's kind of the equivalent of a speech for a leather contest, right? right? So those are the different components. And it was, it was a lot of prep. It was very nerve-wracking. I went into it feeling a lot of expectations from, you know, people who knew us locally and just from a lot of people, I think based on our resume and based on what we do, I think we were, my perception was that we were sort of expected to win mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. And that's a lot of pressure, lot of pressure. to feel. Yeah. And I was so stressed out. I felt yeah. like anything other than winning would be a disappointment mm -hmm. and you know winning was just sort of what we were expected to do mm -hmm. to some extent and it's hard to be the favorite too because i find in leather contests and in contests in general there there's a bit of a almost penalty for being the favorite you know yep. the judges will grade on a bit of a curve and upsets are fairly common in leather contests if you've you know been around them very often mm -hmm. so i i felt a lot of stress for a lot of those reasons i think I think the interesting part is is that because, you know, I told you what we did in 2013 mm -hmm. on the application, they have you sort of recount what you've done for the community. And you, we, haven't done, guys, you guys haven't done much, did you? You had to scramble for that? Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, we, so, yeah. But we dug we, deep. We had not realized that in 2013 we had done 95 parties. and this, That's how I could rattle that off right, in the podcast. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. we had counted that in our application. And I looked over at Shay and I'm like... 16 different venues, two different countries, 47 classes, less than a year, 95 parties simultaneously. Mm. Our power exchange exists. I'm in a motorcycle club. She's working full-time plus. We have two children. Yeah. The whole, I'm like, are we fucking crazy? You know? So when we walked in, we were possibly the only couples or the only power exchange contestants mm -hmm. that everybody already knew about us, knew who we were. Half the judges had been to our classes. You can find out more information on us on the internet than any of the contestants. I mean, you can look up and you, you can find out what size tiara I wear for fuck's sakes. Okay? Which is? Uh, what? Which is? Oh, I, seven and three quarters. Um, but <laughs> in, in a, I prefer um, crystal, by the way. Uh, yeah. Fake sapphires are fine. It, you can just 
send those off to uh, Wicked Grounds here in San Francisco. I'll get it, care of Stefanos. Eventually. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, uh, eventually. Eventually, yeah, after Cycle Kitty wears it for a couple weeks. Well, I guess I'll make sure it's okay and safe. Yeah, yeah. but anyway. Um, it's nice to be in a quality, exactly. control. quality control. I would do that for my friends. So, so yeah. I, I agree with Shay that it was very weird, right? Because we showed up and people were like, oh, hey, Stefanos and Shay, oh, hey, oh, hey. And we're, she hits me with this expectation thing. And I'm Oh my oh, God, no, you're right. Yeah. And I could just watch her nerve wracking. Now, mm -hmm. what she hasn't shared with you that maybe she will later, and I will just spill the beans early, is Shay is a huge introvert. Mm -hmm. it's, I mean, you wouldn't know that given everything San Francisco sees or know across the country. I'm the one that on the Myers-Briggs scale scored all the points for extrovert. So this weekend for me was, yay, let's go show off. Playtime. Right? It was playtime. I mean, and, and, I, and I use the word show off to lead into a segue for the rest of this because what Shay and I were thinking was, we were very concerned that the judges and the people watching were like, look, there's the showboats. They're like, you know, in porn, mm. they're everywhere. There's nothing really real about them and things like that. So we really were very concerned that we would sort of get kicked right in the face for yeah. everything that we've done. Uh, not to, now I want to say something because when the judges um, were amazing in the sense, and, and, and I know you're supposed to say that, right? Okay. No, I'm not. I don't have to say that crap. Mm -hmm. What are they going to do? Take my title? Okay. So. Um, the, the judges themselves were, were really amazing uh, people who did do their homework, and in our case it was a little easier than some people. But, like as an example, I've known Master Obsidian on and off for years, and he was, he was the head judge. Uh, and he's always been hard to read, right? Just like, he just kind of stares at you and looks, look, you kind of feel like he's like looked right through you. He's this huge, imposing man, like I can, I can stand behind him, and I'm like 227 pounds, I'm like 6'2 almost. Yeah. I can get behind him, and he just kind of, so, how are you? And you're like, uh... <laughs> what does he want? What does yeah. he want? What yeah, does he want me to say? Yeah, you, and you what start, is he you know, thinking? You know, and, and you start stammering. And as someone who's been in front of crowds a lot, I was like, why is he intimidating me? This is creepy. Mm -hmm. But the judges were amazing because they didn't really seem to be... They didn't really question us at all very much about our, our public side. Mm -hmm. They sort of were very curious about what's behind the curtain. Right. And, and I thought that was fascinating, very much so. Um, and one of the things that got me was uh, we were the only uh, contestants to show up with a handler that was not a producer of a local contest or a previous contestant. Mm -hmm. yeah, so we didn't know much about the contest going it was, in. It was my, it was my girlfriend. <laughs> we, nice. just, we, we just needed someone to fetch stuff. We're like, <laughs> so. Yeah, but, she was amazing. Yeah. How many um, how many couples were competing when, with you? There was. Three couples competing against us, so there was four total, and they were from the different regions. So they had mm -hmm. all won their regional contests right. oh, wow. and were representing. The so they're working on building up more feeder contests. Uh, one of the regions wasn't able to be represented last year. Rocky Mountain was, their contestants weren't able to make it. But there is, I think, eight feeder contests now. I don't know that, you know, every year they will each send a contestant couple, right. but, or triad. As, as they can, right. As they can. And so, yeah, that was who we had competed against. And I would just echo what Stefano said. I was very worried because we have run into, particularly in the leather scene, this perception that public stuff isn't as real somehow. Mm -hmm. And we are very public and we do a lot of public play. We do a lot of public demos. We have very public personas. And there can be this perception of, you know, us kind of being showboaty peacocks and, you know, that's not real because it's done in front of a crowd. And we don't feel that way at all. We think that that's a really integral part of who we are and yeah. it's very genuine. And I feed off the energy of being in front of a crowd mm -hmm. and I, I love to take that and concentrate Excellent. it. Yeah. 
<laughs> exhibitionist. She's, yeah. And, and I love to take that in and, you know, focus that energy with my partner. And so it's, it's a different perception. We were glad that the judges were receptive to they were the way that we properly discriminating. This. Yes. <laughs> well, well, you know, the, the, the thing that I really do that, that we really like to do is, is one of the reasons we're so public is because we sort of, we are in a very unique, I'm in a very unique place, mm -hmm. especially her too, but me personally, at the beginning of this moment, she talked about Stefano says all kink all the time. Mm -hmm. My real name is on the internet. Yeah. My, my, my kink.com porn name is Maestro Stefanos because Stefanos was taken. Yeah. And I've used Maestro as a scene name for years before I moved here. So that, that's the thing that I chose. Uh, if you look up Maestro Stefanos, about five links in, you can probably find my last name and most mm -hmm. likely where I used to live. Yeah, you're not, you're, not hiding, it's not, right. you're, you're yeah. not hiding your persona, your king persona from the, right. from the world. And, and that's not to say, one of the reasons I'm not is because not everybody can do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay? Not everybody gets the opportunity to say, look at us. Mm -hmm. We're from, you know, the kink mecca. So here it's okay to be kinky. People, are, people still judge you somewhat, but not yeah. a lot, right? So it's very important that if I'm going to be a public presenter, a public figure, a public out there, that when I'm in front of the public, if that means I'm crying, if that means I'm being so genuine and vulnerable that you can see through me or get something from me that's powerful, yeah. I'm gonna let that happen. Mm -hmm. Because there's not many of us that get to be that public and get to be that face for yeah. everybody else. So that's one of the reasons why we choose to do everything so publicly, because not everybody can be that open. Mm -hmm. you know. I think that's really great too because I'm hoping that one day people can just naturally be open with who they yeah, are. Yeah, I mean, and, and do really, I've said to. this before, but that's that is part of the yeah. foundation of this cafe mm -hmm. is to take the the shame out of out of the sex, yeah. out mm -hmm. of the you know individual kinks, mm -hmm. and so people don't lose their jobs or their kids because of something they do for fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm very fortunate of being also. You know, Ryan Galliato, Wicked Grounds is all, uh, is you know all out, and, and there's no disconnect for me either. And I'm also very fortunate that my family is supportive of this. That you know, when we did Kickstart, when we did the Indiegogo campaign last month, which I forgot to talk about at the beginning, which I was, was going to cool. bring it up, but yeah, uh, my mother and father both pitched in on that. So it's like you know, I've. Mm -hmm. I'm very fortunate that my family is all over supported, mm -hmm. supporting this and feel mm -hmm. that I'm doing a good thing for the world. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. Which, yeah. which, by the way, you are. Aww. And thank you very much for everything that you've done because it's really fun to tell people when I travel the country and, I, and they're like, so is it true that I can go to this coffee shop and get like a latte and a dog dish? I'm like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, wow, I can't wait to go. I'm like, I know. It's fun. You should do it. You know, so they get really excited because they've heard about it. Yeah, some, I know. I traveled all over the world for years from the time I was 18 to when I moved here, knowing that one day I would end up at Wicked Grounds. <laughs> you know, and now I'm huh. sitting here right next to you. And, and you're part hosting. of it. Hosting. Mean, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Get, yeah. Um, but, really grateful. So I guess I was very fortunate, which made I wanted to ask, you know, you very open, very public about your kink life. Do you have the family support as well, or? Well, so okay, um, my my father and I are are estranged, have mm -hmm. been for years before this all happened. It's, yeah, it's nothing a, to do with kink. Yeah, right? nothing to do with yeah. kink. It was it was all just to do with my family dynamics. Uh, my mother, who is now uh, dead, uh, knew everything. She uh, asked me all kinds of questions, and we had all kinds. Of, turns out she was slightly kinky too. Mm -hmm. uh, she really enjoyed the conversations with me. She found out because I, she came out, and I was tying knots on my leg, 
holding a notebook in my hands and tying knots. She's like, what you doing? And I'm like, <laughs> nice. uh, okay, here you go. So I told her everything, and she told me everything, and we had a really great open relationship. Sadly, she's passed away. My brother um, had some questions that he wasn't sure how to ask me, so he asked mom before, before she died, and all my mother said to my brother, whose name I will not say for the purposes of just leaving him where he's at, mm -hmm. was, just know that anything you ask Stefanos, he will give you a straightforward, honest answer. That's the good and bad news of the situation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he showed up at my house one day, looked at me, walked in the house at, at our old place, and him and his wife were there, and they were playing with the kids, and she runs off to go play with my kids, and my brother goes, come here. He goes, so, uh, I've never really seen, what do you guys use this for? And it, it's, a, <laughs> it's a sex sling that we have that we've turned into a suspension frame. I took the sling out. And I'm like, rope suspension. <laughs> He's like, what? I'm like, you know, tie people up, hang them from it. It's kind of cool. And he goes, oh, do you like it? I'm like, why? And he goes, well, I was thinking about buying the sex sling version of it. It looks pretty sturdy. And then my kids ran in the room, and he was like, we should talk about that later. And that's the last we ever mm -hmm. spoke about it. Oh, wow. And that happened after him and his wife got trapped here on an airplane on Christmas. Ooh. And I was going to the Citadel with Shay to have Christmas. And he calls me and says, it turns out they won't let us fly to Taiwan with only one navigational device working. We need a backup. We're stuck here for Christmas. What are you doing? So I called Phil and August at the Citadel and said, my brother's stuck. What do I do? <laughs> so they're like, bring him to the Citadel. So that's how he sort of found out a lot of the stuff about me was by going to the Citadel on Christmas Eve. On Christmas Eve? Christmas Day, I and can't remember. I mean, that is a really nice, unique introduction to the Citadel because it's one of those times where it's not about getting down and dirty, but it's about hanging out. With, yeah. And it's really one of the... I, I'm really grateful that Citadel does that as a Christmas thing, and you get just a chance for the community to get together. I've I've come in and joined that a couple times over the years, and it's always been a great warm, warm thing to do. You want to talk about your family now? Oh sure. So <laughs> I have three younger sisters, and all of my younger sisters are super awesome with all of the crazy kinky stuff that I nice. do. My, they've all been to various kink events with me. My sister who lived in Iowa came out when we presented at Mischief in May in Iowa. Mm -hmm. One of my sisters lives in Portland, so she came out to Kinkfest with us. One of my sisters is in LA and she's been to Bent at the event mm -hmm. at the Citadel. So they've all been to, you know, various events. One of them has even been to the upper floor oh, wow. as well. <laughs> uh, and they're not kinky per se. But they definitely are interested. Accepting and open. And accepting. It. And yeah. they're very, like, game to come and check out, like, what's this crazy shit my older sister does, you know? <laughs> and so they, they've all been there. I've tied up two of my sisters just nice. to, like, when they were fully. As adults. As, as adults. adults. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, as adults. I, I don't. We were. We got along great as kids, actually. But they, you know, they wanted to experience suspension. And I'm like, well, I feel like rope doesn't have to be. You can do rope in so many different ways. Yeah. And it can be very platonic. Mm -hmm. and. Yeah. So this was, you know, I tied up two of my sisters and suspended them so they could have that experience of, like, here's what it feels like. And, you know, it was just an entirely kind of friendly, platonic thing that we did, mm -hmm. which I think surprises people, but it, I, it really worked There's for so us. many things you do that say platonic, though. Like, I've done pet play that's completely platonic. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. it doesn't have, it, doesn't it can have, have any energy. It doesn't, have to, it doesn't have to go to sex. It doesn't always have to go to sex yeah. either. It, it, yeah, I think know, that, yeah, rope can have any energy, yeah. any of the play that we do, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I recall you telling me that in your sister's years, you taught almost all of them oral sex. 
Yes, we have had extensive now, conversations about how to this, suck cock. I tell you this story <laughs> because in Iowa, her, her youngest of young sisters, who has graduated from college, so she's old enough to be all you know, drinking with us. Yeah, but 10 years to, younger than me. But 10 years younger than her. Graduating from college is at Mischief in May with us. And it's the weekend that I'm teaching with Shay resistance play in mm -hmm. a class called Everything Cock. Yeah. Where we teach hand jobs, blow jobs, and basic cock bondage. And her younger sister shows up to this event, and I'm like, hmm, <laughs> this ought to be interesting. How is this going to work? She misses the first class, mm -hmm. so she doesn't get to see the class that I was hoping to see her to see, the wrestling class, mm -hmm. right, which is fun and cool. Nope, she is pretty much like front row, three seats to the right, or to, to the left of me when I'm facing the audience. As my kilt comes off and I'm wearing a pair of boots and I'm up on a chair with one foot up on a spanking bench holding onto the rafters, my cock is hard. <laughs> I'm just standing straight there. And it right? And it, boom! And I looked over and she looked at me and Shay grabs the base of my cock and says, the proper way to suck cock, I think. And I'm not sure goes, that's exactly what I said. Yeah, but you so, know. And she goes to town on this whole entire thing. And for a split second before I got lost in the cocksucking moment, I thought to myself, wow, your sister taught you how to do this, but now you get to see it live. Isn't that fucked up? That's what I wanted to say to her. I wanted to look at her and be like, isn't this fucked up? Because I'm really <laughs> fucked up right now. Because <laughs> it was a little weird. It was a little weird. Um, I guess And oddly, was... it's not weird for me. I don't know. Well, I don't, I don't, have, no, no, I don't no, no, think no, it's weird. No, yeah. no, no. What's a little weird to me was, was that I knew she taught her sister how to give a blowjob at a younger age, and now she's reteaching her with me. I just thought that was a little interesting. Uh, and also, on top of it, it's been told to me that her sisters are off limits, so that was a little awkward as well. I thought that yeah. my Folsom, fair, Folsom Street Fair story was awkward, and I'm fine. Oh, yeah. really? What's your Folsom? I mean, I was just walking around Folsom, having a great time, and my mom texts me, and she says, I'm at Folsom! Oh my god, really? Yeah, let's hang out. I'm like, uh... Hang out? let's do this. For those That's listening awesome. outside the, the San Francisco area, um, we've just had a couple weekends ago the Folsom Street Fair which is, what, only about 400,000 people getting together? Something like that. Only the biggest kink, you know, ever. ever. Yeah. The biggest kink event in the world, I think. Yeah, they, yeah. they take over several blocks of San Francisco. There's booths selling toys, mm -hmm. doing demonstrations, bands playing. I mean, I've, I don't know who was playing this year, but, like, you know, I've seen uh, Thrill Kill Cult play one year. Yep. And, mm. and uh, so it it's like this music, huge yeah. street fair that happens just, just like, cross from across the street from where the cafe is now and it is one of the largest collection of naked people in public you'll probably kinky go to people, find period. kinky people but I'm just yeah. people being naked too because you know people walk around in just their shoes and a cock ring yeah yeah, uh, well, yeah. that's not naked no, I mean, yeah. no. <laughs> and you know what's the running joke you know went to Folsom Street Fair and all I got was come on my shoes. You know? <laughs> well, there you go, yeah. Well, and so I can see having your mother join you for that might be no, a little... No, I'm okay with being yeah. around naked people around my yeah. mom. That really doesn't bother me. I was, I just thought it was funny how my mom's 55, something like that, years old. I go meet her at the gate. She has a corset on, thigh-high boots. I mean, my mom looks really nice for her age. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. And we're walking around and she's like, She's like, you need to take a picture of me and this guy's huge cock. And I'm like, <laughs> what? I'm super jealous right now. Oh, my gosh. And I was amazing. like, uh, yeah, because okay. And I'm like blushing. It's so easy to make me blush. And I'm blushing <laughs> the entire time. And I'm just walking five steps ahead of her. Just That's, that's awesome. Got she got on one of the boxes and danced for a half an hour around all these other men. Brilliant. <laughs> and I'm Brilliant. sitting on the sidewalk pregnant just filming. Like, 
<laughs> that's that's I amazing. Know, I, don't, I don't know what to do here. If you just film this, it's just yeah. Film this. Hide behind the camera. Hide I'm lucky that I can share that with my with my mom though. To be able to just be completely open. Yeah. That, on Facebook. And that is a luxury. Yeah. yeah, it is. That is really a luxury because there's, I mean, it makes me sad that there are so many people out there that cannot express themselves as fully as that to their parents, to their mm -hmm. family. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely. I feel very, you know, privileged to be able to be as out as I am. Mm -hmm because I do have a lot of security with what I do and, you know, just kind of a lot of social support as well. Um, my parents are not as knowing and not as supportive, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. They know that I travel and teach. They think we teach. They know about our poly. They know mm -hmm. that, you know, I have an open relationship. They know they've met my other partner, Gabriel, yeah. and they know all about that. And they've actually, I have to give them credit for, you know, Catholics who are very <laughs> conservative, really. Mm -hmm. yeah. They've been very accepting of the poly thing you know they they've been really good uh, they know that we travel and present at conferences they think we present more on like adult sexuality yeah. and poly kind of stuff mm -hmm. which is true to you know as far as it goes yeah so i haven't gotten into too much detail with kink with them but mm -hmm. i kind of don't think that they want to know if they started asking yeah. me questions i would tell them and so far exactly, they have yeah. tactfully not asked me questions they probably know more than they want to know as already I, and i'm just like okay we're i'm good. pretty sure they do my dad at one point found my twitter feed and and quickly uh, <laughs> unfound it <laughs> and informed me of that so i do have a question that i've been meaning to ask you since i found out you guys are going to be on the podcast and that is, you know, me being a parent and about to have my second kid and you guys being parents, how, and I, and I, I this is one disagreement I did have with my mother is she said, how can you be poly and have children? Uh. Which I'm poly and I would love to be able to have like healthy multiple relationships, but I've never been poly and around my children. So I don't know how you guys do that. How do you guys manage as well being kinky, doing what you do and having children? It's just... Okay. I want to know. I think there's a lot of single parents, too, that want to know how to yeah. do that. I'm going to start this because Shay has a lot to say on this. So, okay, I mean, great. I, for, for numerous <laughs> reasons, um, a little more than, than I do. Mm -hmm. I think the, the most important point that I want to make is that we, we never expressed to our children mm -hmm. that we are poly. Okay. We have never expressed to our children that we are different. Mm -hmm. We have never expressed to our children that this is unusual. That's great. Now, so we have a seven-year-old and a, a five-year-old five who's about to turn six. That's why my brain is stumbling because mm -hmm. six in November. So it's not like this conversation can be very involved because people oh, yeah. always ask me, do your kids know you're kinky? Mm -hmm. No, they're five and seven. That's yeah. like completely wrong. I'm it's not really the kinky question. Right. It's more of the poly. Right, so which is... do they know I'm poly? No. Mm -hmm. What they do know is there is an incredible amount of loving adults mm -hmm that share affection and emotions with them and with myself and with Shay and with each other. That's great. So all they see is that. Mm -hmm. They don't see anything else. They, they see her other partner and I kiss mm -hmm. and say hello and they see us cuddling. Mm -hmm. They see her and I together. They see me and, and my girlfriend, you know, submissive pup, whatever mm -hmm. you want to call her together. They see other partners of eyes that come in and out of the household and take care of them and play with them too. Yeah. Yeah, I used to come by more often back when I was right. In, in, no, back when I was involved with the, your, one of your previous nannies. Yes, yes true story. Yeah, yeah, yes, and and also what back when you didn't always run a cafe that yeah. kept you so busy. But uh, I I, th I think the the point of what I'm saying is is that how do we handle it? 
I don't make an effort to handle mm-hmm. it because I've discovered that they just don't care. The, the other day we had the oddest moment came up for me and then I'll let you go ahead and tell all your stuff. Um, Tara is a girlfriend of mine and she's with me and we're at the elementary school. Mm-hmm. And one of my daughter's little friends looks over and says to my daughter, who's that? Points to my mm-hmm. girlfriend. My daughter sort of stammers for a second and says her name. And she's like, but who's that? The little girl still questioning who's the, the girl. Mm-hmm. And the teacher looks over and sa- stares at both of us and clearly knows that's not my daughter's mother. Mm-hmm. Not be- They're both blonde, so they- there's enough looking alike. Just knows <laughs> because she's seen Shay. And looks the little girl in the face and says, that is her second mom. Mm-hmm. And my daughter looks her in the face and goes, yeah. And gives my girlfriend a big hug and says, can we go home? <laughs> I think the person who had the most awkward moment in that was me. Yeah. Uh, my girlfriend looked at me and goes, second mom, I guess that could work. And my daughter looks up at me and goes, yay, and gives her a big hug and walks off. So like <laughs> no one, like, and the other little girl was like, okay, and wandered off. So I think they don't even have a clue. Yeah. Like what is quote unquote normal. Mm-hmm. So now I'm. I mean, normal is what they see. And they, right. yeah, you're establishing normal for them. Yeah. So I, I wonder when, when they'll figure out that not everybody has like <laughs> all this stuff. So, but go ahead. Because I know you have some love about the poly parenting that, that you always love. Well, I think the most important thing to me and where I always start, because I get this question a lot, and yeah. it's a conversation that I love to have. I feel mm. like we need to do a class like because a support group or something. A group, group. yeah, something. exactly. And I think the most important thing for me is that I, I like to tell people polyamory doesn't confuse kids. It only mm. confuses adults. Yeah. Kids are not confused. They Mm -hmm. just will accept, you know, what's happening as kind of a default. And as long as there hasn't been very many good studies on, you know, how kids who are in polyamorous households, you know, what their outcomes are. Mm -hmm. But there have been a few that are starting. And I think it relates very well to the research that's been done on other types of unconventional families, like single parent households Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, households where there's, you know, uh, same sex, you know, partners. And I think, you know, all of that research basically shows as long as children are loved and supported that mm-hmm. they do, they thrive and yeah. it doesn't matter you know, what the other dynamics are. Mm-hmm. And I feel like people, it, it takes, it, it confuses adults and they have a lot of questions about it, mm-hmm. but it doesn't really confuse kids. No, they, they, if they don't see this, if there's no strife and there's no you know problems that's what they see and that's what they sense when there's tension and you know stefano was cheating on me in front of my face and i was oh my god who you know how could you blah blah Mm -hmm. then i mean they would see that and sense that and that would be very harmful to them i think can i cheat on you no well okay just checking (laughs) anyway uh, i i also think just to give you another example of how accepting they are of it there were nights where my eldest would look at us and still does and says where are you sleeping tonight dad <laughs> because we have two bedrooms yeah and you know so instead of saying my room that room mm-hmm. i don't label the rooms as my room that room mm-hmm. i say uh, shay always sleeps in the same bedroom well not always but 99 percent of the time you sleep in the one bedroom what we call the black room mm-hmm. because it has black curtains yeah because she's a day sleeper and so i will say oh with mommy mm-hmm. or i will say downstairs yeah you know, or you know, with so and so downstairs. Mm-hmm. So I don't even have, like a sense. Like I don't self censor for that. Yeah. 
and their initial immediate response is okay mm-hmm. and i just remind them if you need anything you can come downstairs and ask me and they'll come in on the weekends when my girlfriend's over and they will come downstairs with a little bag of cereal mm-hmm. that they have made and a <laughs> glass of water and say here's breakfast you two Aww. And so, like, it's, yeah, there's just nothing. You know, they don't even notice it really in their brains. In fact, they ask all the time, "When's so and so going to watch us? When's so and so going to play with us?" Like, you know, they'll talk about your other partner whose name I'm Gabriel. Not. Thank you. Okay, I didn't double. I didn't check that. They'll talk about Gabriel all the time. When's it going to be a Gabe day? You know, and they're so excited. You know, yeah. I just think I'm more worried because uh, I know that kids are accepting, and I have always raised my children with love and acceptance and everything i think i'm more because i am still 26 i have insecurities about the mean adults who have things to say about polyamory and children you know yeah, it's, <laughs> just, that's i think that's one thing that i'm like how do i i don't want to have to explain myself but people do ask and i, I didn't really understand how to yeah i imagine at some point we're gonna get it but i mean yeah. just to, to give you another small example i've walked right up to pick my children from the elementary school holding hands and arm around my other partner you know, I've given her a peck on the lips and whatever have you, and then thought about it afterwards and went, oh, I wonder if that's bad. Mm-hmm. But the teachers have seen it, the administration's seen it. They don't really say anything. Yeah. I think they might assume that we're divorced and have other, I, I don't really know what they assume, mm-hmm. but I we actually have had a lot of acceptance and I'm pretty out about Polly at work as well. Yeah. I, it's not the first thing that I open a conversation with, you know, hi, mm-hmm. I'm Shay and I'm Polly, you know, mm-hmm. but it's definitely something that comes up with any coworkers that I have extended conversations with. Mm-hmm. And I haven't had, I really haven't had bad experiences with people being judgmental. You know, most people seem pretty accepting. And I, I think that any people having bad attitude, I would treat much the same way that you would treat somebody who has bad attitude about gay marriage and it's like you know you yeah. can you can have that attitude but it doesn't really affect me and you can go have that attitude away from me exactly yeah so because it's it's completely unfounded you know it's people's fear and mm-hmm. it's you know people wanting to enforce kind of social norms and this kind of thing which yeah. we do as humans but you know we're changing and i think i think it's evolving i think mm-hmm. it's getting more accepted as the you know years go on so yeah well people always ask us like you know how how do you guys do poly so well? You guys look, you guys appear to be so good at it, and da 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 da. da. And it definitely takes time, I think, in trial yeah. and error. I just well, want like, to do a breakup well, with because well, of trial I, I, and I, error. I, I, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. I'm so, so sorry. That's with the yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. Aww. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, I, I, I sort of yeah. Feel, yeah. Relationships are work. Period. Or yeah. poly just means it, you have to put more work in because it's more relationship. Yeah. yeah. But it doesn't mean it's undoable and tenable. It just you need they're not something to be taken for granted. It's not. You know that I'm not going to say I'm perfect by any means because I've certainly made my share of mistakes in my poly relationships. <laughs> We've had some pretty epic. Yeah, we, we, we've had. I mean, I've I've not been really amazing in everything that I've done, and I've you know also other times I could say there were amazing things I did and whatever have you. You know, I'm, in, I'm a human. I was going to say, I, you're human? Exactly, I know. It's shocking. Shock. It's shocking. It's true. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I hate to admit it, but I'm human. Okay? Anyway, <laughs> I, Moving on. I'm going to go backwards in a story and then bring it forwards by saying this. When I was did the International Power Exchange Contest, a producer of one of the regions had me at the meet and greet, sort of cornered, because we're supposed to meet all the judges and shake their hands and let them ask you a question, and you're mm-hmm. supposed to ask them a question and let it look official. And there was like three judges around me. And you, you knew their ears were on you. Yeah. And this producer looks over and says, you know, Stefanos, I really, sh-. He, he had competed in the international and did not take home the title and was like, in the interview, I 
they hit me with a question I just wanted to share with you that really, really stumped me. And I was like, okay, what's the question? And he <laughs> says, can you define power exchange in eight words? Ooh. And I looked at him and said, power exchange is the equality of expectations. He looks at me and goes, that's seven. And I'm like, power exchange is the equality of expectations, sir. <laughs> you know, I was like, in, in, in my brain, I was like, smart ass. Anyway, so if you remove the words power exchange and insert our relationship, mm -hmm. then you have, in my opinion, the definition of what becomes the foundation for any good relationship, the right. quality of expectations. So in, when people say, how do you do poly, Stefanos? I say to them, we all understand what we're looking for together. Mm -hmm. That's how I do poly. When we started off in poly, or when we started off our relationship, it was open. Yeah. There was no ever not open, mm -hmm. which, you know, that was sort of nerve wracking for a while if for me. Just, you know, my brain took me probably about a year before I got like some of the demons out of my head. You know, like all the questions about jealousy and all that stuff. But I, I think, I think, how do you do it? It's the equality of expectations. You and your partners talk and know what you all want mm -hmm. and agree that that's where you're going. You know, this goes back to kink. We talk about this all the time. If I go to do a scene with somebody and I meet them and I'm going to be all Mr. Domly Dom and they want to be all funny bratty and I don't like funny brat says my mm -hmm. Domly Dom, we're going to have a crappy scene. Yeah. And so, it's not that anybody's doing it wrong or that, you know, well, you shouldn't be a brat. Or, you're putting you know, tab A into slot mm -hmm. V. Yeah. Right, and it's, yeah. it's like yeah. those, those are not compatible. You know, you have, you have the wrong connecting pieces here. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, so you, you know, the hammer with the round peg in the square hole does not work. Mm -hmm. it, so it's not really a bad, there's not much your way. It's just, it's just how, right, mismatched how you're doing it. So I think that's how we do poly is we just are very clear. So when I got a new partner, I yeah. was like, here's the thing. Exactly. You know, can well, you handle the thing? I'm very black and white too. So when I was explaining to my partner, you know, this is how it's going to be. And there is no gray area. If you cross to the gray area, I have zero tolerance at all. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty forgiving. Mm -hmm. There's only so much I can... Well, and there needs to be, you know, there always needs to be boundaries. Yes, and exactly. I think that's super important and yeah. communicating what those boundaries are. Yeah. And, you know, are we able to work together with those exactly. or those things that are a fit? And mm -hmm. that's the same, you know, expectations and boundaries are, are super key to making right. poly work. And I think that for me, being naturally submissive, you know, there's definitely a line between me being forgiving and me being codependent, which I try mm -hmm. to be like, like clear on. Like the moment I'm forgiving you when I wouldn't have to anyone else, that's when I need to, to bow out. And that sounds, yeah, I think that's yeah. a really interesting point to make for yeah. sure. So we have about five minutes. So if you um, want, um, we yeah, have a couple a, questions maybe, or? Well, it's like, uh, one thing I, I did want to touch on, uh, on the, for the first half of this, cause we'll come back and do another hour in a minute. But, uh, I did want to, for everyone that's listening that supported the Indiegogo campaign, uh, wanted to thank you very much for coming out and supporting and basically giving to the Wicked Grounds and hopefully you got really good goodies mm -hmm. and incentives out of it because we made the Indiegogo uh, expectation of $23,000 plus a couple hundred dollars which yeah. um, yeah. was uh, amazing that means that we're going to be getting a new table yeah. page, a cage table, cage table that I can table. sit in while we're broadcasting yes. that's awesome <laughs> uh, I can put a hot subby in the cage and you know <laughs> Feed, feed the milkshake through a straw through the cage. Yeah. Uh, we also, like, you know, there's the, the shiny new refrigerator freezer that we have that gives us 
you know, greater capacity for ice cream, so there will be more milkshakes. Yes. The Turbo Air 20,000. Isn't that sexy? I mean, I don't know about you. I have, ever since I started Wicked Grounds, I've gotten into, like, restaurant porn. And, like, you know, walking through uh, the restaurant depot, and I'm just looking at it like, oh, baby, you're such a beautiful little deli fridge. Oh, oh you would fit so nice. It's, it's funny, the things Shiny that you were brought aside. Oh. I mean, well, it's like, my, the first piece of furniture I bought in San Francisco for my home years before we opened up, or before even Wicked Grounds was even a thought, was uh, a restaurant back house prep table. They had stainless steel table. Huh. And like, you know, I was going for a certain, like, I, w- I was like, you know, I wanted mad scientist decor for my place. And that was the apartment that burnt down. So it was the one piece of furniture that survived getting doused by water. And I still have. Wow, yeah. that's awesome. Right, yeah, because it's somewhat indestructible. So I think I might have had the seeds for the restaurant <laughs> po- equipment fetish way long ago. Long ago. And, uh, yeah, huh. look, my ex-wife and I's first uh, time playing together, I had her over on the table, and so there was imprint on the stainless steel nice. of her mm. chest, which, as some of you have met her, is a very yes. gorgeously generous chest. <laughs> indeed, indeed. And um, that stayed on that table for seven months. Wow. Nice. <laughs> I never cleaned that up. I, just, I, I put things over it to keep it safe, but it's like... Uh, yeah, no, anyways, I see that, for sure. So... Everyone who supported the Indiegogo campaign, thank you so much. Um, it really means a lot to me to know that the community is so strongly behind the cafe that I'm not the, I'm not Don Quixote hmm. chasing the windmill down. Mm-hmm. You know this that we are legioned. That's amazing. And yeah. I know you guys, you guys helped us a lot by spreading the word, and thank you as well. Um, as this, this might be the first time I didn't, I forgot to put my credit card in mouth is. I'm so sorry. That's <laughs> mm. right. Well, at this point, it just means that you missed out on the goodies that we, the incentives we put up. Yeah. I mean, even for the people that could not donate, because mm-hmm. the economy does really yeah. suck, they did, there was a lot of effort as far as yeah. spreading the news and helping with uh, fulfillment options and stuff like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's amazing. Very cool. So, as we wrap up this hour, um, for those listening to the raw feed, we'll be back in a little bit. For those listening to the podcast, we will hear you'll hear more from us, more from Steph and Shy in two weeks. Uh, I am your host, Psycho Kitty Ryan. With this is Rue, and you guys, uh, anything you want to throw in, real quick, for the end of this episode, this half of the episode. You know, we forgot to mention that there is that Pacific Coast Power Exchange contest at Dark Odyssey in November. We never got a really good oh, chance to talk uh, about that. But you, we'll you've got a minute. You've got a minute to throw out. Where was that again? Yeah, I don't think that could Just be done in a website. minute. Say the website. Okay, darkodyssey.com <laughs> or Pacific Coast Power Exchange at pcpowerexchange.org for the information. For the information about the contest, and it's you know something that we are really passionate about. We would love to talk with you all more about it. We so. can come back and come back to the subject as well. Definitely. The second half. You can always email us there, and our website is Stefanos and Shay. Yeah, and that was going to be my next question: is where can people find you on on the webs? Uh, oh, we are easy to find on the I interwebs. Am, I am, it is stefanosnshay.com, mm-hmm. and on there is all the Twitter, all the Tumblr, all the FetLife, all the emails. It's a really everything. good website. Yeah, and anything, oh, thank you. anything to thank you. Yes, anything to find us there. If you're a FetLife lover, it's Stefanos and Shay Blondie. 
Yes. Um, and since we have a few seconds, I want to give a shout out to our friends Matt and Kim who are listening yeah. and who are fabulous, amazing, awesome people who we listening. love so yeah, much. Yeah, they are. Hello. And yes, the, well, and a, so I want to send them all of the love. So my, speaking I, of like poly family, I, I, I see that love both. and I match it because I, I, I don't have enough time to get into it. Matt's probably one of the reasons, one of the people I talked to when I was thinking about getting married. Yeah, he's amazing, <laughs> he and is. they're both amazing. So. He's the one, that, like the person I confided in. So, love them. Much love to them. Thank you very much. We're going to take a little break.